Hey everybody, welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast. Awesome to have all of you listening again. I hope you're all still safe and well. Feels like we've been in lockdown forever now, but I'm sure there seems to be light at the end of the tunnel. Um, this week, I am joined by Richard Knight from Agility Technology. Um, Richard, welcome to the podcast. Morning or afternoon, Lawrence, and thank you. Um, and hello to all your listeners. So today we're going to be talking a lot about company culture, actually, and the pretty interesting journey that you guys went through at Agility Technology um, with your culture and your values and, and how that's interplayed with OKRs. But before we jump into that, just tell us a little bit about yourself, Richard, and who Agility are and what they do and, you know, your role there. Okay, thanks. Uh, so I'm from Johannesburg, South Africa. I am the CFO of Agility Technology Group. And I hold a Chartered Global Management Accounting qualification from SEMA, and I'm studying towards my MBA through Henley Business School. Wow, very um, nice. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, and Henley Business School is obviously based in, uh, or in Reading, and, yeah. and there's a South African campus this site. But everything's pretty much virtual at the moment. <laughs> ah, interesting. I didn't know there was a South African campus. I, I was actually born in Henley on Thames. Um, okay. Well, obviously where Henley Business School is based, but that's cool to learn that there's a, a South African campus as well. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, really, it's got a really good name down this side. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about Agility then. Yeah, so Agility is a group of seven tech businesses uh, focused on retail and supply chain and utilizing AR, IoT and cloud computing to provide um, uh, services to, to our customers and really to become a technology partner for our customers and to enhance their, their operations using smart technology. And um, Agility has been around for 30 years and we've really in the last five years pivoted into our focus on fourth industrial revolution technology. Interesting, okay, so what does that mean? So for us, uh, in terms of the pivot, we were purely focused on your, what would be termed not really sexy type of IT ecosystem. Sure. Um, it would be the uh, retail, sort of the environment, running the retail environment from a point of sale to the back office, you know, um, transactions. So really systems around that and systems that run supply chain from a warehouse management and fleet management perspective. In, as part of our growth and, the, and what we saw coming in, in terms of 4IR, we wanted to change that focus in terms of creating customer experience. So we started building a whole lot of new applications that would enhance customer experience for our customers. And uh, it, on top of that, we looked at building out our own uh, artificial intelligence division or data, data science team we acquired a business in AI and we've also looked at, well, we've purchased business in the internet of things, but more focused on the actual cloud platform. And really what we wanted to start doing is bringing all these new technologies of cloud computing and, um, you know, IOT as the device is bringing in this information, bringing it to a platform and then using data science really to start bringing out the clever information you can from that data and, and being able to uh, provide new case use cases for customers, uh, visual, providing visualizations for them and, and really starting to get help our customers get to know 
um, their customers or understand their operations better and become more efficient. And that, that's sort of where we see going forward. And, and as we grow and we're finding more businesses in this ecosystem that's, that's helping us to enhance sort of that digital transformation for, mm. for the market. That sounds really interesting. That's an exciting space to be. Mm. So when did you guys first come across OKRs, Richard? So I was introduced uh, to the thinking and, and this type of approach by uh, my coach about five years ago. And right. she's actually now our CEO. And, and you know, she really believed in this performance management approach. Mm. And I've, you know, I've bought into that, well, I bought into that five years ago. Um, and I really do strongly believe in being able to set objectives and, and focusing on those key results and, and measuring them and, you know, and holding, holding people to account, accountability in terms of those, those um, objectives. Absolutely. So, I mean, five years, you guys must have, um, you know, seen every benefit from OKRs just about possible, but also probably made every mistake that you can make with OKRs as well along that journey. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it, and especially for us, uh, especially the management team being quite young, mm. uh, that took over quite, um, about five years ago. Um, yeah, it's been a lot, of, a lot of learning in terms of what works, what doesn't work, and, and you know, really getting to understand your people, because especially in a technology business, people are your IP, that is your, those are your assets. Mm. And to become successful in business and to, re, you know, be um, create a, a great brand out there and to build on your relationships with customers you have to have good people and you have to have people that believe in what in in the business too yeah i completely agree with that so when you guys decided to go down the okr route then um i think agility had just gone through some major changes as you said you'd kind of decided to pivot into a different place in the market um there was some top level leadership reorganization i believe what was it that led to your thinking of, okay, actually what we're going to do is start with company culture. Yeah. So for us, it was, we just, we couldn't carry on as we were. Uh, I think it would just carry on be going down, uh, downward spiral. Uh, we would lose more staff, uh, you know, we'd start to see more risk to customer relationships and, and ultimately, ultimately this had a negative impact for all stakeholders. Right. So, you know, so we believed that we needed to, it was time for a radical change. And, and the starting point for that was our company culture to really start focusing on, you know, driving a new vision um, to create a successful tech, you know, tech savvy organization and um, to really get staff to, to buy into this new culture and that would create a motivated staff complement so that we could get agility um, to succeed again and become a successful company and brand in the market. Absolutely. So where did you start then? Was it with, with values or? Yeah, uh, so it was. So we, we looked at values and, and, and the approach we took is that we believe we couldn't carry on in prior management styles, which is typically a top-down mm. approach. And we looked at this from, we, from a bottom-up approach. Uh, through the use of HR and a consultant, a coach, um, we ran multiple workshops uh, with all employees and we got the employees to really, the way we got the employees to buy in was to actually have these workshops where 
staff would first focus on deriving the types of values that they believed uh, resonated with themselves and then and then start to work in groups to to create new values for the organization that were brought together by staff themselves so that right. the values of the company was created by every, each and every individual within the group and, and that way uh, staff feel a part of it you know they believe in the values and it's much easier for staff to live those values than it rather being dictated to them as to you know these are the values and this is what we will do yeah absolutely which is completely yeah. nonsensical really if you're wanting to do yeah. a temperature check of your business values yes. can't just come from from the top down correct yeah i completely believe in that so you say that you know you you got near enough everybody on board were there any was there any resistance in there at all to, to what you were doing uh, definitely and i think with any <laughs> any change in an organization there's always uh, resistance mm. um, and those people that um, you know weren't weren't keen on change or they felt you know we're moving away from how it used to be run and and typically actually a lot of those types of people were some of the older management uh, not older in age but just management that have been around mm. for quite some time and were starting to become what we termed passengers uh, yeah. in the business and uh, you know, passengers are basically those individuals that are, that are there and they're just carrying on, but they're not really providing any input into the business. They're, sure. you know, they're not, they're not living, they don't want to live the values. They're not there for the benefit of everyone else. It's more about what do I get out of this? Yeah. Um, they come into work nine till five, do their job. But yeah. That's exactly. about it. Yeah. So what did you do about those people? So, um, basically, what we did was was by setting, actually bringing in this, this concept of OKRs and focusing on objectives and looking at the key results and starting to measure people. And you started, started to see those that, that were resisting it and um, starting to feel uncomfortable and, and actually not really meeting meeting their results so you, you you end up almost performance managing them out the business and it was one of two things the performance management of them out the business or the fact that they actually started to look elsewhere because mm. well they didn't feel comfortable anymore and they were they felt that you know they there's not a place where they wanted to be anymore yeah and i think it's worth pointing out just just at this point that for our listeners that that's okay. You know, if you go through this sort of large organizational change and, you, and you're doing it for the greater good, it's okay to let people move on. You know, this isn't always going to work for everybody. Yes, correct. Yeah, it's, it's not. And there will always be um, cultural differences or mm. understandings or um, yeah, I, I think it's just, it's just part of, as you say, part of change, change, yeah. change is good and not everyone likes change. Or the change doesn't always suit everyone, and, mm. and then that's that's fine that you look to move on. Absolutely. So, how many employees were there with Agility whilst you were doing this work? At that stage, there were about 150 employees. Okay, so a decent number then. Yeah, and uh, and in you know having to run these multiple workshops, it was across uh, South Africa, so it wasn't just in Johannesburg. We have right. our office in Cape Town, so yeah, it was wasn't the easiest. So how did you refine what came out of those workshops, you know, in order to actually arrive at a set of values? 
Yeah, so through, yeah, as I said, through the assistance of um, HR and the coach um, and the plan that we had put in place to move from identifying um, those values, as I mentioned, that resonated with the employees, um, they selected, uh, well, I wouldn't say they, I would say everyone selected a handful of values that they mm -hmm. believed in um, for agility and, and what that would stand for. And we then took that and created an anagram, which we call Epic IT. Hmm. And each of those um, six letters stand for our key values. And it was about basically really driving those values and, and having a lot of focus on living, living those values. And I think that's how we refined from the workshop and all the ideas and sort of the growth that happened in there to get to a basis of, well, these are the six values that, you know, everyone came up with and agreed on mm. was part of. That sounds really interesting. So you've managed to use those values now to start to kind of drive your culture model forward over the past four or five years. Yes. Yeah. So we've, you know, we've, we, you know, I, I think one of the problems that every organization will face is over time, there will be a, loss of engagement, um, you know, you will find setbacks going through that. Mm. But I think if you stick to the, the reason you wanted to create those values and become innovative in how you keep engaging with staff and, um, you know, giving staff the ability to feel responsible for the success within the business, then, I, you know, I think you can, you can carry on being successful and uh, staff will still believe and buy into the values. Absolutely. So what were some of the setbacks that you saw then? Definitely loss of engagement. Um, that's probably a, a key one in any change management over time is that engagement does start to drop. Mm -hmm. And I think with anything, you, you get busy and you get involved in, in, in business. And I think you need to take a step back and, and realign. Um, yeah, I think accountability through the organization you would you would start to lose that in certain areas um you know in, in certain buckets so i think those are some of the, the typical setbacks uh, you'll never have a completely happy complement of staff throughout all the time no i think that's a fair point um okay so what benefits have you seen then since you went through this culture and values exercise four or five years ago so we've, we've definitely seen a, an organization that's become more innovative. Um, we've created managers, I'm sorry, leaders rather than, than having managers. And we, you know, we've been able to break down the barriers between staff and management. Mm. We've definitely seen that through this way of work that we've been able to give staff uh, responsibility and you can see how staff thrive on you know having more responsibility and being able to work you know create a team team environment team working environment uh, for us we we always talk about the agility technology group family and I think that's really important is that we've created this family environment through through this this change of culture um, yeah. and, and I think ultimately it's benefits a positive company culture, which would drive your high performance attitude. And at the end of the day, all stakeholders are then happy. You know, your shareholders are happy because the, the numbers are looking good. 
um, staff are happy. They, you know, they're being incentivized. Customers mm. are happy. So it's 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 a, a win-win. So do you think having that strong set of values and strong culture right at the core of the business helps you succeed with OKRs? Definitely. Uh, it's. I think it's. I think it's highly important to have your culture first. Uh, and right, you know, they always, there's always that thing about culture eats strategy for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And I definitely believe in that from, from what I've experienced over the last five years is that yeah. if you have the right culture and the right buy-in from staff, they will work together um, and understand why you want to drive something like OKRs, which if you've got a negative environment, they might see this as another thing that they've been measured on uh, management just want to see mm. you know you know what we're doing all the time and and rather than understanding why it's being done and and that obviously yeah. also comes from from communication and transparency sure how do you hold your staff to account against the values so it's all it's it's a, a two-way street for us it's um an agreement between both the manager and and that staff member, all that team. And I think one of the things that's really worked for us to hold each other accountable is the agile project management approach. So we used to have just small pockets of agile many years ago, and now the entire group operates on agile, even right. support staff. And, and within agile, you have things like stand-ups, mm. daily stand-ups or weekly stand-ups and, and retrospectives. And, I think that type of concept, you know, where someone, when someone stands up and talks in their team as to what have they been focused on, what are their challenges, how are they going to achieve what they need to achieve in the next week or so. And it really does drive the responsibility of knowing that I'm part of it. I'm part of something bigger and I can't let my team down. And that works really well with your OKRs. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, you know, a part of our methodology it's very much those check-ins and stand-ups and retrospectives and you know we make no apologies for the fact that we've taken a lot of our methodology from the agile approach where okrs are concerned because it works you know it 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 really does work yeah it really does it's a a really great project management form that you're seeing more and more businesses adopting and Mm. it's i mean it's been completely successful in our group fab um yeah, that's, that's, that's really interesting to hear because, I mean, we've often said and I've often said on the podcast, you know, that it is just applying the agile principle, taking it out of the tech and dev team and applying it to the whole business. But, yeah, you know, this is one of the first conversations we've had where people have done that whole culture and values piece first. And mm-hmm. it's, it's fantastic to hear that the two have integrated for you guys so well. Yeah. Yeah. And as you say, across across the groups so are not just our dev teams, but also our support, yeah. support staff, you know, the, the various teams. It's, it, it does, I think it really ingrains that way of thinking too around OKRs and being held accountable, but also knowing you're part of this bigger, this bigger value or this bigger value chain. And, mm. and so you, you, you do live by your, your, you know, by achieving those OKRs. Absolutely. Yeah. And it becomes part of the team. Uh, yeah. Presumably, uh, although I am guessing here, have you rolled OKRs down to individual level or just the team level? Individual level as well. Yeah. Oh, you have. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Um, yeah. I was expecting you to say just down to team level, 
given uh, how you were talking about the the check-ins and things yeah um, so yeah both i mean the the okr down okr is down to a, an individual level it it is i think it, it was initially viewed as extremely time consuming mm. but as you move into a, a a stage of it's now being entrenched and it's it's a way of of work it helps you actually, um, you know, and, and I'm a big advocate of of not micromanaging people at all. And, and this helps you to ensure you don't have to do that yeah. and allow people to go off and just carry on with, you know, their, what their goals. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. And, you know, that is another one of the fantastic things about OKRs really is providing that autonomy to the, to the team and to the individuals at play. Um, it, but that is interesting to hear that you've rolled it down to individual level. Yeah. Um, did you do that from the very beginning? Has they always been down to individual level? Uh, no. So before we had, we, I mean, we had performance reviews on yeah. a, on a um, about five times annually type of, you know, so instead of just sure. an annual, biannual, but five times. But yeah, now it's it's um, a lot more focused in terms of also the individual bringing that in. So not just a team base. Um, mm. and, and, yeah, you've got to create, I think you've got to be quite creative with it too, especially so that it's not seen as just a pure time consuming. Yeah. Or just a micromanagement thing. I mean, you've, yeah. you've got to be very careful when you're taking it as far down as that for sure. Yeah. Mm. But you know, I think having those strong values and culture in place will also assist with that because yeah. hopefully it helps the, the, team understand why you're doing it correct and something else we did that actually um helped this is we created quite a few various forums just to to keep that engagement and that excitement and, you know and we, so we created things like a tech or innovation forum for anyone so it's not just the key you know innovative leaders in the organization or the group but for anyone to go and join and that would be run monthly um, well, where people could um, brainstorm ideas, we ran a leader. We would run a leadership forum, um, and we actually created something a Shark Tank, which is like Dragon's Den. Yeah, um, and ran that, and that was actually quite successful. We actually launched the first product that came out of the the Shark Tank um, earlier this year with one of our big um, big top customers in the retail space. That's an awesome idea. Yeah. Yeah, kudos. And that just keeps your engagement going too, and people wanting to be part of part of the group. Yeah, and it'll also allow people to know that you, you know, you take their innovation seriously. I suppose. Yeah. Because um, yeah. that that's the other thing that OKRs can really foster is that innovation mindset if you get them right. Yeah, driving success and yeah, absolutely. Cool. So finally, then, Richard, what one piece of advice would you give to a a company or a business leader that wanted to kick off their OKR journey? <laughs> um, I would, I would say start now. Uh, and, and the reason I say this is that often big changes like this, you, you look to put off because you get busy with something else, but I would say don't put it off just because there's always something else out there that you need yeah. to focus on. And as I said, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And so it's important to get your culture right. And an organization with motivated employees focused on key objectives and results will have 
a, a higher probability of success than mm. you know organizations that don't have OKRs in place. So the time is worth the effort. And the sooner you start, the, the sooner you will start to see the benefits of OKRs. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with those two points more, particularly your first one. Um, and it's kind of easy for me to sit here and say as an OKR consultant, and I probably sound a little bit biased. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I would say that nine out of 10 companies that approach us um, and we give them a proposal and everything and, you know, we're ready to start the work. And they say, like, exactly like you said, oh, actually, we're a bit busy now. We can't, we can't do it. Um, we're going to do it later in the year. I would say nine out of 10 of those companies never actually, you know, get back in contact with us. Yeah. And never kick off OKRs. Um, yeah, it just falls down the priority yeah. list. Yeah, because there will always be something, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you're running a business in the 21st century. There's always going to be something. Um, yeah. So I, I really like the fact you picked up on that. Definitely just go with it and give it a go. Um, yeah. And if you're in a big business and you don't feel comfortable rolling it out into the entire organization straight away, pick a team or a department that you could, you know, run a pilot in. Maybe marketing could have a bit more free space to, to run a pilot in. Um, mm. or maybe one of your officers rather than all of your officers you could run a pilot in there's always options to you know hit the ground running with something at least yes yeah and you'd learn from any of those mistakes you make because you're going exactly. to make mistakes it's, yeah. it is people at the end of the day you're dealing with yeah and I, I think what would be very important and what helped us a lot is having a external consultant you know like yourselves or a coach or whoever coming in to help because it, you know, if you have someone also dedicated and focused on it, it's going to help you implement this. And yeah. sometimes staff see the, the, and open up more to someone external rather than to their own managers and bosses. And, and absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, completely agree. Um, again, obviously quite biased on that point. Um, <laughs> but you know, that is something that we, we do see time and time again. Yeah. Um, Richard, thank you so much for joining us. That was a really enlightening podcast. I'm sure that our listeners will have taken a lot from that. Yeah, thanks very much, Lawrence. I really enjoyed the, the discussion too. Great. And I wish you and the team all the best. Thank you very much. Same to you guys. Uh, yeah, and of course, to our listeners, you know, stay safe. I hope you're all well. Um, if you could do us a massive favor, if you enjoy the podcast, please go to whatever platform you use and, and give us a review or a star rating. Uh, all the different platforms ask for different types of things annoyingly um, but we'd really appreciate that and also just to let you know we've just launched um, the first of our series of webinars has has just happened um, but we're going to be doing those monthly so make sure you check them out and we're also doing live podcasts monthly now as well um, and last but not least we've also um, just created a whole load of bonus content specifically for you podcast listeners um, with Myself presenting some videos about how you guys can maximize impact with OKRs and you can find the link to that in the description to this podcast um, and, and you can sign up to that there. So check it out. Let us know what you think um, and we'll speak to you next time. This was Giant Talk. Thank you very much.